Tales from the Camp. Welcome to our very first episode of Tales from the Camp, which is a monthly installment install yeah episode where we take the epi- the episodes we take the stories that you guys send into us your spooky strange ghost stories or any other type of spooky strange story and we talk about them we read them on the podcast and then we just discuss them so you know you guys get to share your stories with the with the listeners as well so this is our very first episode and uh, unfortunately we don't have a lot of people sending me stories yet. <laughs> I've, I've talked to some people, and they, they said that they have stories. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of slipping their mind, and they haven't sent them in yet. So this first episode will be a little different. You're going to wing it a little bit. Yeah, we're going to wing it because we still want to give you guys more content, but uh, we don't have the, the, the content from you guys yet. So don't forget to send in your stories at campstrange.com. Uh, just go to our contact button, and then you could just write it right in there. And, yeah, this uh, shit's on you guys. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, just send us uh, in your your strange stories, or maybe just like your dad, mom, grandpa, if they shared that with you before. Family uh, stories. Yeah, just send it on in. It's uh, it's a good time, and we like reading them. So this episode, I will just be reading some really strange, weird, like historical facts. And then we'll just be talking about them. And this is going to be a shorter episode. It's going to be about like, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, something like that. So yeah, we're just, just going to have some fun with it. Yeah, just nothing little, too serious. A little fun, a little extra icy cherry on top. You yeah, know? We, we take all of the podcast very seriously. There's there's no tomfoolery. And so now's <laughs> the time for us to cut back and uh, relax a little bit and have yeah. some more fun. Because I I know we, uh, we show up sometimes and it seems like we've got our... Uh, you know, big boy pants on, and we're only uh, we're only here to bring the cold hard facts. Um, but yeah, so we'll be reading you some weird stories uh, from history, and then we'll just be talking about them. So I guess let's just get into it. It's, uh, I, I got a couple of weird ones over here. Yeah, let's hear them. Okay, so um, first we're gonna go into this man named Peter the Great, and the love for his wife. Was he was he great? He he was a part of the Romanov family in Russia, and. Some may say he's great. Some may say he's not great. Some uh, might be forced to say he's great. As is I, what it sounds as like. As I take a quote from uh, Parks and Rec, um, who's the dentist guy? Uh, Jeremy Jam. Yeah, he goes, Jam. He goes, oh, so is he, he's talking about his friend. He goes, is he a good guy? And he goes, some may call him a war hero. Others call him a war criminal. <laughs> so I feel like that's a very accurate uh, yeah. description of Peter the Great. Um, but... He he was a part of the Romanov family in Russia from uh, 1613 to 1885. They they reigned over, um, and he was a, apparently a very fair man, uh, but he was also a very very jealous lover, and he did not Ooh. allow any infidelity. Yeah. And after shipping off his then wife to a convent, Peter married his new court mistress Martha Martha. Mothra, Mothra, <laughs> the monster. He had a very peculiar taste in women and moths. <laughs> now Martha Skanvronsky, who later changed her name to Catherine, but uh, yeah, al- although Peter had a very forgiving nature, he did not tolerate infidelity. Like I said, and when he caught his wife cheating on him, he then had the lover beheaded. And then forced his wife to put it in a jar yeah. of alcohol in their bedroom, where it remained until Peter's death in 1725. Wow. Is that crazy? He's got a good view. I mean, 
that's like some Futurama shit right there. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to my mind was Futurama. Yeah, so I mean, it just it's it's kind of that that reminder, that very visceral reminder that hey, remember when you cheated on me yeah. with that guy right there? See his head? Like, yeah. wow, what a power move! I a mean, fish but, tank. But like, I feel like when you're in Russia in sixteen, you know, sixteen eighty, two thousand eighteen. No, not maybe then too. But uh, yeah, that that shit kind of flew a little bit more. Like, yeah. Fuck, it's it's pretty weird, but hey, when you love whatever your, floats your head when when you <laughs> when you love your girl that much, you know, you'll you'll chop off any head and Heads stick it in fly. a jar of alcohol. The reminder, um, yeah. So okay, let's get to the next one. Well, I was gonna say real quick. What? I know a good little fun fact that uh, kind of related. Um, do you know when the last um, guillotine execution was done? It's guillotine, right? Guillotine, guillotine. Well, whatever. Either yeah. way, I hear rappers say guillotine. I hear historians say guillotine. I'll let you decide. Yeah, I'll trust the rappers probably. <laughs> Lil Pump knows his well, shit. When was the, when was the last time the guillotine was used? Yeah. Um, I want to say there's been like a weird exception in like the past ten years where some guy like was in death row well, on, no, in France and they're like he's like I want to get guillotined. The last public, you know. Execution that that way. What year do you think that was? Uh, let's go with 1920. 1977. Wow. Yeah. What, was it in France? It was in France. What do you do? You know who it was? Or I like... forget the full story behind it. I just remember it was 1977 because uh, that's way too recent. That was the same year the Trailblazers won the NBA championship, and was, I just remember that. Was it? In, was it the ref? From it was the ref. Games? It was the ref. No. Oh my god! But That's... yeah, that was the last time a public uh, public execution from guillotine. Wow, I mean, th- there's some there's some states in California that still have the um, the gas chamber, and uh, I don't think they do the firing squad anymore. But no, um, is they... the gas chamber supposed to be painful? Because uh, I'd probably take that over most things if it's just kind of like you're breathing in air and you fall asleep. It's a little. It's a little. Um, you know old school but they also have the electric chairs in like yeah, see, I florida and i think like two others but man that's rough yeah so okay let's get to, let's jump to the next one so in europe in the 16th and 17th century wealthy europeans would actually routinely ingest medicines that contained human blood bones and fat believing that they could all be a cure-all yeah, I mean it's already in the body. Might as well just get more of it from someone else. I understand. Yeah, like the, I understand the the logic behind that, especially during such primitive times of, of trying to figure out what would work. And I mean the first the first blood transfusion was done when uh, I th- I don't know which king, but he drank the like the blood of a dog, and he got really really sick, and he ended up dying from that because they realized you know you can't drink the blood, but and also you can't do dog blood. You know, there's blood types and whatnot, but I mean, just like that, that weird era of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work is is so eerie to me. It's because, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, because I mean, we have a quote here that says the question was not, should you eat human flesh, but what sort of flesh should you eat? How should you eat it? Yeah, I guess like, when should you eat it? Well, I think the, the certain parts they thought you know helped them more than others so um it it began with like the egyptians and they would eat parts of the mummy because it would there's what they would cure the mummies with it would stop internal bleeding sometimes when they would uh, the alive people would eat it but then it soon followed with like 
human skulls which were taken in and powdered up uh and people would like drink the powdered skull to cure headaches or mix it with chocolate to treat um a a apoplexy apoplexy Hmm. oh i i I don't know why i said that like that but um another thing that germans used to do was uh they would soak bandages in human fat and use it for wrapping wounds in addition to uh prescribing it as a remedy for gout which i kind of get yeah because when you have an open wound you're like oh yeah put it in some uh put it in some fat and wrap it you know have you been to the museum of jurassic technology here in los angeles i have the one that's a couple blocks from my place yeah I remember um, there's a section where it has old remedies from, you know, forgotten times. And I remember a few of them, which one of them was if a child has been bitten by a dog, you cut the fur off of the dog and you fill the wound with the dog hair and it should be healed by the morning. You know where that you know what we use that today for, right? The expression? No. The hair of the, hair dog. Of the dog. Okay. You, you For the hair of the dog that bit you. Like, so it's like treating the wound. With your hangover with more booze, yeah. Well, it's it's treating the wound with the thing that caused the harm, which okay. is why people drink the alcohol. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, vodka yeah. fucked me up. Let me drink some vodka. That dog bit me. Maybe if I use like some of the dog's hair, it's yeah. like it's more of like a mystical thing. I think. Yeah. There's um, uh, there's another one that was um, if a kid had like a cold, mm-hmm. that um, you would take a uh, a duck's beak. Oh yeah, and you I, insert the beak into the child's mouth, mouth and yeah. they breathe in like the duck breath duck breath yeah, yeah. I, yeah that was another weird one but apparently like it, it was it was really hard for these uh these commoners to get like their hands on you know bodies or or, or you know f- jars of fat to wrap your shit in yeah but um not a lot of fat people back then <laughs> no, there's probably a lot of fat people but the poor people couldn't get their hands on it so what they would do oh, this is disgusting but during public executions they would gather in hordes and were given a cup of blood from the condemned to return for like for a small amount of money. So they would yeah. like they'd kill somebody and then they'd just like, hey, like they probably like tilt the guy's feet up and then pour yeah. of his neck or I don't know, but Oh, I bet they would have a bucket underneath that they did like a beheading and just yeah. like fill the bucket and then ladle that shit into exactly. to go cups. For a little bit of money. Because yeah. uh, I mean some but, big gulps. But do you really want a criminal's or a guy that was executed some publicly? Impure blood. Yeah, you don't want his blood. You want like a king's blood. Yeah. That's so. true. But another really weird thing that maybe some young blood. Young blood is a yeah. I've heard I've heard uh, young blood is it's very the best hot kind. these days. It's the best kind of blood. That's what everybody in LA is drinking <laughs> is the young blood. <laughs> Takes ten years off your age. The watcher's drinking the young blood, or is he? At least he wants some. So he wants it. Okay, but will he get it? We'll we'll find out. We will. Okay, so number three is that in World War Two, Russians would actually strap explosives onto dogs and they would have the dogs run underneath tanks and then ignite it kaboom up yeah and it honestly started off as they wanted these dogs to carry the explosives underneath these tanks but they're drop smarter them, than that drop oh, them drop them and then run back you know like it that's just the more practical way of doing it why would you want to like have one dog one and done you know yeah so but when the dogs became like too scared to like uh hold stuff in their mouth and like uh to you know perform this successfully they ended up strapping the bombs to the dogs and having them run out there and they would just blow them up uh when they got close enough to the tank or underneath the tank yeah but apparently a lot of the russian uh soldiers it ruined the morale for the soldiers 
and they, uh, they, they said they didn't want the indiscriminate killing of dogs in addition to the men who were already dying in war. Yeah. So uh, they stopped doing it. And as of uh, uh, recent, I don't know how recent, probably a little bit after World War II, actually, uh, replicas of these anti-tank dogs were installed in Moscow's Red Square in honor of these dogs' sacrifices. So that's really nice, actually. But I've got an awesome story for you, very related. Of, of what you do to a dog. Of war dogs. Oh, okay. Hit me. So uh, some listeners may or may not know. I think I mentioned it a little bit before, but um, I have a very beloved pet dog named Kuma. He's a four-year-old Boston Terrier. He's like my best friend in the entire world. Love that dog. So, um, you know, one day I was Googling and I found this story about Stumpy, the uh, World War One war dog. And uh, there was a... Uh, there was a Yankee, I think I believe it was the Yankee division. They uh, they trained at the like the football field at Yale, I think, and a stray Boston Terrier showed up and took a liking to like you know all the guys because they drop they drop food and stuff, and so the dog would hang around and uh, became really good friends with one of the guys, and he ended up taking care of the dog, and the dog eventually learned to march in line with them and stopped when they stopped. And they taught the dog how to salute. And so when they got um, put out to war, they snuck the dog on the boat. And uh, when they found it, the the dog did the salute to the uh, the general that found it. <laughs> and he let it slide. And he was like, all right, well, this is your dog. You have to take care of it. And so Stumpy ended up being like this big time uh, war hero because he would be able to... Uh, poor mascot. Well, he would be able to sense... Uh, you know, bombs incoming, he would freak out, he would mm. hear it, and people knew to, knew to get cover. He would smell out poisonous gas before it would come, and oh, he, wow. would, he would go wake people up and get masks on and stuff. He was actually shot at one point <gasps> and, uh, and missing for a few days. And uh, I think some American soldiers found him with French soldier, soldiers mm-hmm. and were like, that's our dog, like, give it back. So they get it back, and they, they got him all patched up and stuff, but... He was promoted to sergeant, so it's Sergeant uh, Stumpy. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Or Stubby, sorry. Sergeant well, Stubby. and uh, Killing the game. Yeah. Wow. And he, I think he, uh, yeah, he took he took part of 17 individual battles it in just war. Go, it just goes to show you that you don't need to blow up a dog in order to have it be useful during war. They are far more useful than we probably are as humans. They could... <laughs> They can't shoot a gun, but they could definitely... Take uh, a bullet. They, they, yeah. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> okay, let's jump to the next one. All right. The 15th century Romanian ruler Vlad III Dracula. Ooh. You all know who that is. Yeah. It's Vlad the Impaler. Vlad III Dracula uh, impaled 20,000 Turkish soldiers on sharp spikes, enjoyed dining in his forest of corpses and even dipped his bread in the blood of his enemies yeah fucked i mean that's uh, that's what you get the uh, the old dracula tales from is Bra- yeah bram stoker actually um i mean that's drac dracul means um i think it means dragon son of the dragon yeah son of the dragon yeah so uh or dragon itself uh but yeah that's where dracula actually came from inspired uh bram stoker but yeah his uh he was known as the uh, the most terrifying cold blooded ruler that ever existed, and after his he would kill his own people and disembowel them, behead them, uh, boil them, and uh, no one was really exempt from this torture. Like like I said, it was his own people. But the most famous execution spree was 
he, after winning a battle against the Ottoman Turks, he impaled every single one of the 20,000 soldiers on spikes and propped them up on the banks of the uh, Danube River as yeah. decoration. So, like, yeah. they always talk about, like, how you would walk through these forests of just, like, people on spikes. Like, sometimes it would just be, like, right through the middle of their stomach. Sometimes it would be, like, the spike coming out their mouth. And yeah, I think, I think a common one was through the anus and out the mouth. Yeah, and it's, like, it's probably the most disturbing thing you could see. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I mean, just, not just that, but oh, you imagine being the guy that's like taking the order of how, tw- what was it, two hundred thousand? Yeah, Turkish uh, Ottomans getting the order in. You need how? You need two hundred thousand no, 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 spikes. No, twenty thousand. Oh, I'm sorry. 20, 20, still, 000. regardless, you need twenty thousand spikes. Yeah. Right by when tonight? That spike guy probably is just like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, like uh, I do not have enough spike in yeah. here. Cut down the whole forest. And, and God damn. And you know how Vlad felt about, uh, you know. Well, if you if you spoke up, you're on a spike yourself. Exactly. Shit. That guy didn't get a spike. And then, like, well, that's a paradox right there. He's just like, yeah. I don't have enough spike. Spike or be he's spiked. A, he's Italian in this for some reason. But yeah. he's like, I Makes don't have sense. enough spike. And Vlad's like, I'm going to spike you. And he's like, I don't have enough spike. Yeah. You know, <laughs> spike to spike. Yeah, exactly. So, but speaking of, um, cha- ch- you know. Speaking of bad Italian beheading. accents. Oh, no, no, sorry. Sorry. Speaking of beheading, let's let's jump to the second, uh, the next second one. Let's jump to the next one. King Goijin of you, uh, who was just a, a of all, me of yeah of you y u e okay, um, which was in China. Okay, um, uh, he he reigned in the kingdom of you, which is now the Zhengjiang. I I I probably butchered that, but he he reigned from 496 to 465 BC, and he was also another just insane kind of military ruler. A little less crazy than uh, Vladdy Boy over there, but he was ex- he was known for his extreme and unconventional displays on the battlefield. And the one thing he would do is that on the army front lines, he would he would take a bunch of convicted criminals, and he would have them be beheaded okay but he wouldn't just have them be beheaded by his army he would have the convicted criminals behead themselves okay and this i guess was to show how how loyal these these people were to him how how what, what process i have no idea i cannot figure that out i mean i don't think you'd be able to no like you'd you'd have to like jump off of something and land perfectly on your neck with a blade i don't i mean maybe maybe they they said behead but they kind of just like maybe slit their their own throat or something like that and yeah but there's no way that you could you just run out of strength i feel like yeah. you know so i mean that's that's like the most probably the most horrifying thing you can see if you're about to battle some people and then all of a sudden some of them are cutting off their own heads and you're just like yeah fuck yeah man I don't, it's a good pregame uh, celebration, especially right for there. the drummer on the front line. Yeah, you know your snare. Like, it looks like a blue man group thing with the blood on the top of the drum, and he's hitting it, spraying everywhere. Do you think it was a punishment or a uh, uh, an um, a, sh- a sign of honor to be on the front lines of these like uh, of these giant battles where you're running into each other? Because they're almost like you're you're leading the pack, but it's also like you're like the most. Exp- expendable that, that's a cultural thing i think i think if you're if your culture deals heavy with like the honor of dying for like your cause i think that it's an honor yeah yeah it's uh, dying for dying for the cause is definitely like a, a chinese like 
yeah. uh, Japanese. It's very uh, honorable death. Yeah, exactly. Like, just don't be a coward. So, yeah, being on that front line means like you were the bravest, and that means a lot. But yeah, back in America, I feel like you just get like a gut shot, and you'd be like, ah, yep. like flute guy going yeah. down real hard. Well, I I feel like they would wouldn't they uh, purposely miss the. The band boys. I don't think they would try to hit them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also a, a battlefield. And, like, those guns, man, they... Oh, they're so accurate. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. I'm going to shoot this little ball of metal. Yeah, it really, really... Uh, and then take them, like, five minutes to reload it and, yeah. like, pipe the gunpowder down there, wrap yep. the bullet. Oh, my God. So, okay, let's jump to the next one. All right, cool. So, this next one is neither spooky or creepy, but it's pretty hilarious actually but it's odd it's definitely odd all right um so king king charles the second of england he was known for his uh crude humor and he had the moniker mary charles that was his, his little nickname yeah but uh yeah he was really crude and he had silly antics and when uh, prince william of orange wed Clarendon's daughter, Mary, in 1677, Charles II acted as a cheerleader for the couple on their wedding night by shouting, Now, nephew, get to your work, while the consummation was happening. <laughs> so, shockingly, this was uh, this kind of voyeurism was mandatory back then, as, as it was the only way to determine the legitimacy of the offspring and, consequently, the succession of the throne. So I guess it was uh, it was pretty normal to watch your nephews and other family members bang. Hell yeah, brother! But I mean, like, I, I think he handled it probably the best way out of anybody. I mean, you could either just sit there and just be like really stone faced, or you could just. I mean, I mean, that was before no, they had camcorders. There's no good way to handle that. Just to be like, you know, if you make a joke about it, you're probably ruining the mood. If yep. uh, you sit there and stare and don't say anything, you're probably you gotta, ruining the mood. You got to keep the candles lit and the wine full. Exactly. Yeah, you, he's probably just got to be really drunk for that one. So, uh, Mary Charles, um, digging the vibes. You're you're making the best out of a shitty job, and I, I applaud you for that one. Yeah, good job, bud. Okay, so next one is uh, about Mary Shelley, who is the Mary Shelley, the very infamous author of Frankenstein. Oh. Awesome. Who did you think it was? I have no idea. You didn't know Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein? No. Um, but one thing that... Do she, I know anything? I'm beginning to figure that out, actually. <laughs> um, but apparently, uh, Percy Shelley drowned on July 8th of 1822 after his boat, the Don Juan, was caught in an unfortunate storm. But when he was cremate, cremated, his heart refused to burn which physically reasoned uh, was due to the calcification from the bout of tuberculosis. So I guess he, he had TB back in the day, and he probably survived that. But the drowning, that's a little harder to bounce back from. Yeah. But his heart was removed from the rest of his body when burned accordingly. And uh, basically what happened was Mary decided to keep the heart. Okay. And she wrapped it in silk cloth. And apparently carried it with her everywhere she went. Percy's heart was found in her desk a year after she died, wrapped in the pages of one of his poems. And the poem was called uh, Adonis. Wouldn't that shit start to smell? Isn't that Drake's kid? That's Adonis. Oh. But, uh, but I guess, well, it was in a jar. 
Oh, I thought you said it was just like wrapped up in a silk like napkin. I think she wrapped it in silk and then she put it in a jar. Okay. Because, I mean, you can't just, like you said. Yeah. So, uh, but, I mean, kind of like a, you can either see it as a really romantic thing. Yeah. Or you can see it as a really creepy thing. You don't see that that much these days, like Van Gogh cutting off his ear. You don't or, see the insane person because they have, like, medicine. <laughs> you don't see the people carrying around loved ones' uh, body are parts. Are you upset about that? that oh, have you... I shown you what I've been carrying around lately in my pocket? <laughs> He's like, I, please don't pull that out, Van. <laughs> Come on, Vincent, man. Don't do it. He's like, no, no, no. You'll like this one. You're going to love what you hear. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were showing me something. What? I can't. What? What did you say? Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he was a troubled man, but. Shot himself in the gut in Great the artist. middle of a wheat field. He did? Yeah, and then he crawled across the field, and then they found him, and then they brought him back, and then he just basically ended up dying a couple hours later. Was he trying to paint something with his his belly wound? I mean, who knows? Probably. Probably romantic or something, but yeah. uh, he probably just, he probably did the thing where he shot himself because he knew there was something wrong with his brain, like due to the depression and yeah. stuff, so maybe that's what he was trying to do. And then maybe, he was, a, maybe he was crawling and trying to spell out the word help in case a plane was flying by. Yeah, except he shot himself. Yeah. But maybe he had second thoughts. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Okay, let's get to the next one. All right. Another fun thing that they used to do in the medieval times, which was, you know, there's there was so much fun stuff going on then. That why not, you know, put animals on trial, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> so one of the bizarre practices back then, which started back in, like, Athens, was they would put uh, livestock, locusts, rodents, flies, and other animals, under any, any other animal under the sun, on prosecution um, for damaging human property or lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like locusts were a way bigger thing back then. When was the last time you heard anybody being like saying anything about locusts? Uh, maybe not in America. Maybe, I mean, there's still locusts that like destroy crops, but maybe they found something that like they, they, they spray it with something that the locusts just are repulsed by. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You hear it a lot during like, um, end times, like the locusts come. Stuff, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I'm just more picturing a guy interrogate, cross referencing, uh, cross referencing, ca- cross interrogating a uh, sheep, a, f- a fly. Yeah, a fly. He's like, so, Mister. <laughs> oh shit! There he goes again, <laughs> Mister Jeff Goldblum. That was a fly joke for you. You didn't get that one, did you? Oh, was he in the fly? He was in the fly. But um, oh. it's just, it's. I mean. It just seems so funny that they would bring like 20 humans to go uh, put a fly <laughs> on trial and then they decide that the fly deserves the death. Uh, yeah. The, the, That's the taxpayer's money right there. Putting yeah. That fly down. So they put the fly to death and then it's just 20 minutes of, of one guy chasing the fly around the room trying to hit it with the fly swatter. You got to so keep it in a real tight, it real would, tight uh, corner. Just a, it's, like I said, it's a really good time back then just to, just to be a fly. <laughs> just so, a fly on the wall just to be a fly but now they have shotguns that shoot salt so that kill flies so i mean you sure those aren't for slugs no they're for flies i've shot one uh the other day at my work we had a we a guy brought one in and uh, why salt uh it's called assault the gun is called assault and apparently the salt is strong enough to kill the fly once you shoot it but it also it's Won't salt damage anything well it's, yeah exactly it's salt yeah. so it doesn't hurt people i got shot in the leg with it from like 
you know, five feet away. And it didn't, it was like, Whoa, but it didn't hurt. It's like maybe a little less than like an airsoft gun, maybe like half the, half say the an airsoft gun for five feet away can hurt. Yeah. I mean, well maybe then it's like one quarter less. It, it didn't hurt at all. It just kind of like scares you. It's a little like bit. a nerf gun. But uh, yeah, so now they're just shooting flies out of the sky. So maybe it would have been better just to been put on trial. At least you had a chance then yeah. fighting chance. Okay. And let's get to the last one really quick. And uh, this one is a, a little weird, but I loved it, and I thought it was so funny. So so this last tidbit has to do with our boy Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and his apparent sense of humor, Okay, which doesn't get brought – everyone, he's like, he's a genius, and usually when you're a genius, you, you don't really have much of a personality. You're more just like a, a drone who's just, like, really smart, you know? Yeah. But apparently he was a uh, pretty, pretty funny guy, and uh, – during his lifetime, apparently, they found out that he thought bathroom humor was very funny, and uh, one of this guy Ben Skinner actually uh, studied a lot of his letters and discovered that thirty-nine of his letters that he wrote, including scatological passages. So I mean, yeah. that, that's something I've never heard before. But he even composed a few canons, you know, musical pieces with analingus imagery one of them is titled i am gonna butcher this so bad it's called lek mir den arsch fin rick sean sabar which literally lick me in the ass translates to lick me in the ass right well and clean <laughs> oh Mozart, you dirty dog. Seriously, I mean, like, I don't... Sitting at that piano all day, he's got, you know, he needs some cleaning. Oh, my God. I just, <laughs> I wonder if, uh, I wonder if people, uh, if he played this out loud or at any, there's no way this got into any sort of oh, prestigious, you, you know, prestigious thing, right? You know, Mozart and his homies threw back a few, like, you know, 40 ounces and he would play that song. Exactly. This yeah. is probably like uh, Lost Files, you know, like, they just get drunk. Side B. Play Lick My Ass. Yeah. So it's well and clean, yeah. and uh, hell, maybe maybe uh, they got a few takers on that. But uh, I mean, I <laughs> your think, great 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 grandmother, she well, that's the thing. I think Mozart was kind of revolutionary because now, like, I don't want to get into it, but like eat, eating eating the booty is uh, a little oh, bit yeah. like groceries, like a little bit more in. So I it's think on the table. I think you guys could have uh, Mozart to whoever's whoever's getting the fruits of that labor is. Yeah. Uh, Thank Mozart for for bringing in the mainstream media and making really dope songs about it. That's a real revolution there. Yeah, every rapper should be who raps about that should be you know thanking thanking Wolfgang over here. So um, I think that concludes our episode for today. That's a, it. Seems like a nice spot to end. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was Tales from the Camp. Usually we will be reading your stories commenting on them and chit-chatting about them like we kind of did here but um yeah so we, we need you guys to help contribute a little bit if uh this is a thing that we uh want to go forward with and uh, just send, so send, them us, on in. send some good stuff we can see if it works and it'd be a lot of fun if uh just to get get your names out here and get to tell a little bit of your own tales yeah and don't feel self-conscious if you don't think it's a good enough story literally oh you don't have to add a name to it either you can ask to not be mentioned if you don't want your name out there yeah too. just send it in and uh we like all the stories, really, so it's it's always a good time, and uh, we keep it we keep it fun. So uh, yeah, that was the very first episode of Tales from the Camp, 
and uh, hopefully next month you will be getting more of these and we will have more stories for you. So You've got a month to send us your shit. Yep, send it in and uh, don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>